I think, okay, so I have kind of a complicated answer to that one. I'll try to see if I can dumb it down, though, and not take up too long going off about it. In short, I don't feel like there's any security I'm going to get where my concerns are elated. Or my concern, or not elated, abated is the word I'm trying to think of. My, my concerns are going to be taken away from me because there was always something. When we were in the hospital, it was... Is the paternity test going to come back? Is this guy going to be able to have claim to our our daughter that we want to adopt? Is our birth mom going to change her mind? Um, is something going to happen on the flight? Um, is somebody going to sneak in the middle of our night in our house and try to kidnap our daughter? And I, I just I lived with this constant worry and things that it, it in part was related to adoption, but then the rest of it was just related to her being an infant. And so they were kind of so mixed together, it was hard to separate them. But I came to this point of realization where I thought to myself, okay, finalize the adoption, finalize the adoption. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, and then what happens? And then I realized, and then what? You don't have anything else to worry about? I was like, crap. (laughs) Because once that crossed my mind, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is the rest of my life. This is is worrying about somebody indefinitely. So for me, I mean – those worries and concerns like, is she going to feel like a stranger? Is she going to feel like an outcast in some weird way? Is she going to feel like she wasn't loved? I mean, to some degree, I feel like we can control that with the choices that we make and how we raise her. Mm -hmm. But the other things to me, it all just lumps into these other concerns I have as a parent, just the same as driving home late at night with friends, making good choices in the company that she keeps, um, just, you know, where is she going to go for a career? Where is she going to go for this? Is she going to be strong in her faith? I mean, these are all things which they all just kind of lump together to me as a, as a parent. Uh, so I, I can't, no, I, I, I don't know if that answers your question, but it's just, there's no unique concern for me that as part of her being adopted, that just to me is just not one of my other parental responsibilities. That's it's my job to try to assist her with mm-hmm. and help her with. And that's something is that Dustin and I before before we even started the adoption process is we made the decision that our children would know that they were adopted, yeah. right? right from the beginning. Um, I mean, we even have little baby books. It's like, like you were adopted, you know, it's like, and some kids are adopted where, I mean, it's this really cute book that we've had some really kind and loving family friends yeah. and, and send us where they're like little baby books where it's like, Oh, some babies have brown hair. Some babies have long hair and so, you know, this and that, and some babies are adopted. And, um, and so that's one thing where, you know, in talking to other friends and thinking like, okay, so how, how did you bring this up? Or when, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like, we're not going to have where we're just going to sit down and say you are adopted yeah. you know like it's something well she'll always know and it'll always be there and always be like, part of the story she needs a diaper change okay I'll be right back you know, I'm in. <laughs> that thing is soaking wet I feel <laughs> sorry <laughs> it's the reality we, we we had, I mean, we've known and I've known and I've talked to a couple of people who intentionally uh, did not tell their children that they were adopted. Oh, wow. uh, I, I know people, I know people who lied to their kids. Their kids confronted them and said, am I adopted? And they were like, no, no. And for the life of me, I don't I get don't it. either. I don't understand it because I feel like if I absolutely wanted to screw up my child, aside from telling them something like I hated them and they were, I didn't want them, 
that's probably what I would do yeah. is I would not tell them. That. But, I mean, even like normalizing it. I remember like holding her the first night that we were home with her. And I remember just talking to her, like having a conversation one sided. And I just told her things like your mom and I love you very much. We adopted you from a wonderful birth mom who loved you so much that she wanted you to be with a mom and dad who were together and who would be able to uh, raise you in a way that she wouldn't be able to. And so that's why she made the choice. And then the vernacular is always very specific. Like uh, we never say our daughter was given up for adoption. We yeah. say that she was placed. We move it in the context of it being a choice. Uh, we never, we never, we're never ashamed of it in any way, shape or form. We're very open about it. Uh, I mean, we were proud of it. I mean, I probably could shut our mouths a little bit, to be honest, in some level. <laughs> no, <laughs> don't do it. Don't give in. <laughs> but, I mean, it was kind of funny because, like, even the things that people would say where I, I get why people could be offended by it. So, for example, like, we've already had people say, like, okay, so that example in the airport when we were going through security, that really nice couple who was in front of us, the woman looked at my wife and she goes, you look amazing for having just given birth to a little girl. And my wife goes, well, actually, <laughs> we, uh, I didn't have to go through all that part. Uh, we adopted her. And other people have said things like, oh, my gosh, your daughter looks just like you. And I just say, thank you. <laughs> yeah. And it segues and I can say, like, we actually adopted her. But, wow, what a coincidence, mm -hmm. right, that she ends up somehow looking like us. But. That's a really good question that you asked, Erica. But just like I said, I mean, the concerns about her growing up adopted, my concerns would be she um, she knows that she's a member of this family, that everything that pertains to my wife and I, everything of our heritage, everything of our background is now hers. I had actually one encounter with a very nasty human being who was uh, railing on us and attacking us and saying, you've destroyed this girl's life. You have... Uh, you've forever shut this girl away. You have disconnected her from her culture, from her heritage, from her background. And I said, that's an overly simplistic view. And I, I, I didn't get angry. I didn't fight back with the person. They're entitled to their opinion. But I said, this isn't a zero-sum game. There, a decision was made by a birth mother. Yeah. And for all the things that I know she would have provided her with, I know she would have loved our daughter. I know she would have done her best to take care of her. It was a conscious decision because she just didn't feel like it was the right time for her to have a family, but she wanted her daughter to still be in a family that would love her and raise her. And so it's adoption. People look at it that way. I guess yeah. on the more pessimistic side, they think of it as a zero sum game and it's not. Our birth mom has a wonderful life. Uh, she's, I'm sure she's going to have children of her own one day. Uh, but she, through her grace and charity and her very, very loving decision, allowed us to start our family. Both of us have gained from it. And the things that have been lost, our daughter has gained everything that my wife and I have. Clean diaper. Clean diaper. I think that if people, and I think that if people who are adoptees, if if the parents are conscious enough to make that effort to do that, I think, turn the camera a little. I think if they do that, then things will be a lot better for them. And I mean, that's why, I mean, for the two of you, I mean, this is why for us, this is why it's so important for us to be able to talk about it because adoption literally changed our life for the better yeah. entirely. And we want to do whatever we can to pay that forward. And we want our daughter to know that we want her. I don't know if I can say, I want her to be proud that she was adopted but I don't want her to be ashamed of it. I just, I, it's completely like the two of you said, it's, it's a part of your identity and it will be forever. 
and we're okay with that. Right. I, I find nothing. I find nothing egregious, nothing wrong about that at all. Mm-hmm. And there can be people who will say unkind and foolish things. There have been. There have been, um, but uh, we don't care. Yeah, and I would. <laughs> they don't. They don't they don't understand with kind of with what you said about like being proud of it. I always kind of go back to thinking like with where I've ended up and everything. And just like, I, I personally do not celebrate my birthday at all. I celebrate my arrival day of when I like came to the States because I personally think that like my birthday, it was just kind of like, all right, your physical being was born, but my arrival day is truly like coming to the States and being like, this is actually your life. Like this is actually what made you be who you are. And so like, that's more of a conscious choice that I made as an adult, just because I'm like, I don't really feel it. Like I don't feel the birthday thing. I'm just not a fan of it for myself. And so it's like with things like being proud of different parts of it, it's like, I, you know, I think kids are going to have these opportunities to take certain parts of their original heritage and culture and decide if that's something they want to have part of them. And then also have this opportunity where it's like, Hey, this is this family you were raised in that has these opportunities that, or this culture that you wouldn't have had before. So it's like, I don't know. I feel like we get this opportunity. Like a lot of people don't actually to be like, it feels a lot more like making your destiny, like, you know, kind of more solid with like who you get to be. I like, I Thank really like that idea. That. That's really Thank cool. That's I, um, I think like on a point as you were talking there, you said like one of the things that I would absolutely love is if in the course, like for me as a parent, like feeling good as a parent, like we're doing something right. It would be in the course of events. If like we're around, like our daughter has friends over or something like that. And it's like a shock to them, a surprise to them that they find out that, Oh, she's adopted at some point. And then, I don't know, there's like almost like envy, like, I wish I had a cool story like that. Like, I wish I was adopted. Because if I heard that, I'd be like, (laughs) I feel like, okay, we did something right. Because if there's envy amongst kids where they can recognize how our daughter's story, it might not have been the most conventional one. It may not have been the traditional route, but it it doesn't mean it's not a really great story. It doesn't mean it's not a really cool story. Yeah, for sure. And the way you guys go about it and even the strength between you guys and the birth mom, like you are doing all the right things, honestly, having it be expressed so young, you know, always putting it in her life. I think it's huge. That's a huge step of allowing her to feel normal in a sense. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that was something that was so normal for me growing up. Like I see my second birthday video when I am this wild child with crazy curly hair that's just like doesn't look at all like my, I mean, I, I can blend in with my family. Like we're Minnesotan they're you know, they're white with brown hair. It's fine. But I was just like this crazy curly hair child just running around. And like in my second birthday video, I vividly remember it being mentioned. Oh, when you got you from Columbia or when we adopted you, like it's just in conversation. And it was like, never not known. And I agree with what you said, Karen, about like, it's not something you sit them down to like, we have something to tell you because then it also feels like shame. That's where I think the shame can come yeah. from too. Or feeling like she was almost in a sense lied to, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. to, to wait or feel, feel deceived in some way or something. And so I think with that, it'll just, it'll help her. Definitely. <laughs> so, of course. Yeah. 
Yeah. So out of curiosity with your, um, I don't know, with your whole, like with adoption and like the agency that you went through, we're trying to collect as many resources as possible. Were you guys given any specific like books or, you know, other resources for you guys to like check out that you might recommend or some things that you learned from that you, that you might not have known before? There's a, there's a book that, um, Tim and Tim. Yeah. Let me go look. I can go look in the name. Well, it's in the, it's in the shelf. It's in the middle of the shelf on my dresser. Okay. There was a book that, uh, so one, again, one of my uh, students who worked for me, uh, her mom was adopted uh, and they're, they're very kind to us and they reached out to us and she sent me a book. Um, and I think it was like a faith-based perspective on, adoption uh, because we had kind of like talked about that like what the role of our, our faith and our prayer and all that plays into uh, trying to make the best decisions for it Karen's gonna run she'll grab the book really quick and then tell you but that's the only I, that's like really the only book that we got and then there was other like children's stories like the one she mentioned I love like that that exists that's so awesome I don't really remember if I ever had any of those but I love that those are a thing now Okay, so I don't think there was a thing like that. <laughs> you're we probably, I mean, yeah, it was the early 90s. We didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> I will say that whatever you both have said, you both come across to me as well-adjusted adults. So uh, if you feel otherwise or lesser that, then anybody who tells you that can go pound sand for all I care. So this book, this book is called... This is called Tandem. Uh, and like I said, this is like a faith-based perspective on people who are religious and looking to adopt. Some babies are adopted. Oh, so Yeah. Yeah, by Cindy Walker. So that that was the one that we, we talked about a lot. And then um, this book, it's not about adoption. That one last. Oh, okay. That one last because that one's pretty significant to me. A Wish for You, an Adoption Story. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I wish, I, I wish. wish. I wish for you, and that's by. Oh, I've uh, heard of that one. Is by Marianne Richmond. Okay. And then this one, this one was very special to me because this was actually the first one that Karen read. It's called How Much Is a Little Girl Worth? Hmm. Um, and Den Hollander. So this book is kind of significant because um, if you remember – I've already forgotten that creep's name, but if you remember, like in the last two years, there was the case of the, it was the U S gymnast Olympic uh, coach or trainer physician who is basically serving a thousand years in prison. Starts with an N. Yeah. Well, whatever he's, he's rotting in jail for the rest of his life now, but this woman was one of the attorneys who compiled and worked on that case. She inspired to write this book after the events of it, like as a significant thing for like, you know, what is a little girl worth and trying to like promote this, this ideal behind this is unacceptable what this man, this man did. And we should make sure to, recognize and promote this value for you know what the value of a little girl is and this was the first book that karen actually read our daughter and this is what the um the birth mom 
actually gave us this book. Oh, yeah. how cool! And so I wanted to make sure that this was the first book that I read that I read to Mackenzie when we brought her home from the hospital. Mm-hmm. But this is this is so. pretty significant. This still, this still tears me up every time we read this to her because it's just very poignant and touching. And anybody of any walk can really appreciate like the message. It's very simple and straightforward, but it's just about little girls, your value, it's inherent nature, it's innate nature, how it can't be taken away from you and how it should be defended. And uh, it's just very, very sweet and touching to us. It means a lot to us. Yeah. It's not an adoption book, but it's one that it matters. Yeah. Yeah, It matters for the same time. Well, and especially since you got that from the birth mom, that was her first book that you read her. Like Mm -hmm. that's, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's, so it means a lot. those are, I mean, those are the resources that we have. <laughs> I um, mean, aside from that, there's like a network there, of people you get to know. There is something that I, I, I know the, the birth mom is, she was uh, pointing to a couple of resources for birth moms online, but then she said, you, you kind of need to be wary about some of those because some of them are not, um, I don't know what the word is for. Dreaded. <laughs> well, it, it's more of, um, negativity. Yeah. Um, on on some yeah so so I mean so she I know she told us that she stopped going to those is because it was making things worse not helping with with that um but so but I I, I mean I haven't like you know, I haven't seen any resources for adopt children that are adopted as to mm-hmm. what it is besides knowing other family members or friends and um we kind of we kind of joke around we have some other close friends that they're um, going through the adoption process right now. And so like, yeah, you know, like our, our kids will have, you know, something else yes. in common and then growing up, you know, kind of, it's something, it's something that just clicks is when you have something oh, in common with someone like that's I like Erica and I, yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> with infertility of other people, IVF and they've had losses. It's like, there's this instant connection right there with them. And I, yeah. I feel like, like, you know, if you resign Erica, you know, it's the same thing with children that are adopted as well. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. I remember yeah. that being a kid, like, with there being someone else. And it was like, oh, my gosh. You're, like, it even still happens mm-hmm. now. Like, I mean, granted, Erica and I were a very, that was a very different scenario that will never happen again. But it was, we were four days into working together. And sh- we work in travel. Yeah. And it was just kind of like small talk that Erica was training me on the job. I was like, have you traveled internationally? I was like... Oh yeah, I did a lot of travel. I also was born out of the country. And she was like, "Oh my god, so was I." I was like, "Oh, I was adopted." She was like, "Oh my god, so was I." And it just like snowballed what? into like, "What orphanage are oh, you from?" It was, it was like I still get chills just like telling this story because it's like it's the craziest thing. The same one. What well, you both were? Yeah. You both were from the same orphanage. Yeah. We were, and two years apart. Yep, two years apart. Wow. Um, yeah, it's. I actually just met some people. Like, there's an adoption uh, or adoptee adult support group on Facebook I'm part of, and then there was apparently this Colombian subgroup. So I found a bunch of people in the Twin Cities. One person, which was when I was there. So it's like this kind of thing. Like, because like with Eric and I, it took us a year and a half to figure out we should do this just because I was having trouble finding resources and just getting really discouraged. And so, like I said, again, that's kind of the whole reason we did this, but it's like finding those kinds of connections. And 
I have a bunch of friends that are, you know, the classic millennials. They're not sure if they're going to have kids. If they do, they might adopt it. And they're like, well, you can be their resource. And I'm like, oh my God, I could have like my own camp with these kids. Like, it's just like all of my friends' children every summer, just kind of like, all right, we're going to talk about some stuff. <laughs> That's great. That's great. How old were you two when you guys were adopted? We were both like three months. months, Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. That's great. But yeah, so very fun. That's so pretty similar stories, but still, you know, that's again why we kind of want to highlight that too is like all adoptees are very different and everything. And, you know, with the resources and such, again, I going back to that, I definitely plan to, we're working on a website right now. So, Hopefully we can list some of those. I would love to also share a couple that we have um, that uh, the grant that we won recently, we're working this with this group uh, that's kind of does like marketing and strategy and everything. Mm -hmm. And coincidentally, our coach is in the process of adopting. And it was like, uh, how did this happen? Like, this is just crazy. But everywhere, I know it's like this is perfect. But she recommended a book um, called In On It. Um, I can I can send you guys a picture of it later. But that one is like basically it's kind of more for adoptive parents to also share with their family, being like you're in on it, like you understand kind of the adoption, like. And it's a really it's a pretty lighthearted book. I haven't finished it yet, but it's really good. Um, I'm currently reading, it sounds really dark and scary. It's called The Primal Wound, but it's probably the most commonly talked about by adoptees as adults. And, Uh you know, it goes into a lot about just like the psychology of everything, but it also is just very informative. It's not like, hasn't upset me yet. So which is great, but it like talks about the different angles of different people and everything. And, you know, we're kind of just trying to compile all the possible resources and then hopefully, you know kind of become our own as well which is cool yeah that's wonderful that's i think it's so awesome great. what you're both doing it so is. thanks for it yes I appreciate that yeah guys <laughs> about adoption or something that you wish you could change about kind of the rhetoric around it i think with uh, even the stigma the stigma of adoption yeah. of um being, being a high school teacher, I, I have ninth through 12th graders, um, mostly ninth graders in my biology class. My biomed is um, sophomores through seniors, but there's still there's still a little negative connotation with adoption. And so I remember um, when school was still in session when the kids, they, you know, they joke around and they play with, around with each other. I mean, they're 14 year old. Yeah. Kids. Um, but <laughs> but um, one of them, you know, said to another, like, oh, what? Like, who are you adopted? Like, but meaning saying it as, yes. as something, you know? And I turned around and I said, what's wrong with being adopted? Well, I mean, nothing, I guess. Uh, you know, I mean, they didn't know what to say, but they were just saying it because I think they've grown up thinking that, like, oh, it's something different or you're, you know, just a way to try and bully someone else in a sense if they're with something different than what, you know, mainstream usually, usually is. So that's something that I would like is, and what I've been grateful for with our story reaching out to so many people is hopefully we're able to at least make a little bit of a change with that and how, how great adoption actually is and how, how wonderful it is for, for all parties involved Mm -hmm. with that. I hope 
people, I hope people don't need to look at it like an either or situation. Mm -hmm. Like you either have your own kids or you adopt. I don't, I wish that the hybrid nature of it would be a little bit more, Mm -hmm. um, mainstream i'd love for i mean there's a lot of regulations that make it difficult to adopt and some of them exist sure to protect and make sure people are capable a lot of them are just just extra revenue for the state yeah be perfectly honest uh it would be nice for them to incentivize people to do that more so because we actually heard some cool stories from like bobby and jenny told us a story about a county uh somewhere out in the mid i don't remember what state it was in but it was a county that had uh, um, a case of like uh, they just like at one point like a, a county which recognized that there was uh, a bunch of children, a bunch of teenagers. They had had for whatever reason like this spike in teenage pregnancies, and um, most of the people in the county uh, like were stakeholders and like had good connections with each other, so they were very informed, mm-hmm. and they ended up like talking discussing with each other and they said look if we work with these if we work with these expectant birth moms these teen moms who are interested we will help find them homes for the babies to be adopted to and you know obviously if they want to maintain open adoptions they can do so but it was something to the tune of like they went to like 80 different families and they found homes for like all of these children to be placed for adoption for each of the moms who wanted to place for adoption. And I just thought like, how amazing would that be? Like, because I know like obviously like teenage pregnancy is a big challenge in the country and it would just solve so many of the problems that are related to that. If you could just like have people realize, look, here are our three kids. Oh, and we adopted this, our child later on a couple of years later. I think that would be wonderful if people could just take that mindset and that mentality towards how they build their family. Yes. Like it doesn't have to be either or situation it's just it's children yeah it's children and add them into the mix and love them and treat them as your children and that's something that i think that i've changed too is which was so hard for me about moving to adoption was just thinking of okay if we adopt then that means i'm giving up on having biological children almost Mm -hmm. like failing in that in that aspect and dustin's like well, it, it can, you know, doesn't mean if we adopt, doesn't mean we still can't, you know, go through fertility treatments or, or this or that. I mean, we haven't, but it's just um, it's just a path. Yeah, mm. it's just another route to get there. It's, uh, I mean, just like I said, like obviously, like the litigious side of it is one thing that you have to deal with. But I'd love to, I'd love it to see like it become a more national conversation for people to look at and say like, why don't we make it easier for people to adopt? Like if this is the path for birth moms if they don't feel ready to do it if they want to place children for adoption make it easier on them yeah to do so yeah. there's a lot there's I mean, a lot that could be improved i mean there. i'm still de- definitely like i know the procedures they take and the home study and things involved where a lot of people don't know about what's what's entailed and how you know someone needs to come to your house and you know look everything out and i mean we had to baby proof mm-hmm. our house before <laughs> Mackenzie was even twinkling an eye i mean we mm-hmm. had an outlet we had to put a we had to get a net for a pool. Um, I mean, every, <laughs> everything with that. And so um, that part, you know, I feel like it, they don't need to. They don't need to ease up on it. But it's it's weird it is because a you think about like this, yeah, 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 yeah. It was funny because it was just like the surreal moment of how like I know uh, we know people where they 
I, again, this is this sounds terrible to say, but there's some people where it's just like, why do you have children? Like you don't, you don't, you don't. I mean, they honestly they don't care. They say they say horrific things to their children. Uh, like Karen in her class, like she's a wonderful yeah. teacher, but she overhears the most heartbreaking things of mm-hmm. things that parents say to their kids. Yeah. And it's just like, why do you have children? You shouldn't have children and you just have them. Yeah. And here I am. I have to go through 30 pages of paperwork to prove like, no, I can be a parent too. Yeah. And it's just, there's something, there's something very. I was just going to say, it feels very backwards that. in that way. <laughs> It's, yeah. but there's, I mean, you can't, what can you do about that? You can't, you can't stop that. Unfortunately, we can't stop terrible human beings from having children <laughs> who shouldn't have children. Uh, if there was a way to do that, well, <laughs> I'm not sure any of us would want to live in that country. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> thing that I think a lot of, I don't know, I, like I said, I, my friends aren't necessarily in the, um, in the time where they are like wanting to have children right now, but it is very much like, this is what we want to do. Like, this is what we want to do. And thinking about like our, you know, generation being millennials and stuff, it's just kind of like, well, money's tight, you know, it's, it's not going to be easy and things are going to have to change a little bit. Um, just with it being a little bit more accessible and being more normal, I suppose. I've always said that I think adoption ties in so many different things of like, demographics, inequality, and things like that, that literally ties them all together. And we know so much about so many other things that are talked about all the time. And this is not one of them. And it really ties in just about everything with like different types of, you know, classes and, uh, and, you know, race and everything like that, where it's, you know, a topic that covers a lot of things. And, you know, I think they're it really good. is equalizer. Isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, and financially also, I mean, it's a lot like you mentioned of where it, it does, it costs, it costs a lot yeah. to adopt and go through the process and finalization. And I mean, and it's not, it's the birth mom doesn't get anything. And, and that was part of the thing too, is with going through, going through the adoption that you're paying all these fees. And if the adoption falls through, you don't get any of that money back. You're out thousands, thousands of dollars because you're not Paying, you're not buying a baby. It's for all of the fees that are incurred to go through the process and all the paperwork and legal aspects of it. And so I think that's kind of hard for a lot of people. Like you, like you also mentioned, Risa, is just just the financial aspect of where it could be half of someone's salary for the whole entire year exactly. is what mm-hmm. a quarter or I mean whatever whatever it may be. So, so it's a lot. Yeah. And being on the other side. We don't even realize all of the different steps you have to take, like the mm-hmm. them coming to your home, the different interviews you have, the money. The I mean, it's an endless process mm-hmm. in the sense of just getting the final blessing that you did get. But it's it's hard, or even to kind sure. of get that started. Yeah. That's the thing is, like you said, the home visit was before that was mm-hmm. like Mackenzie was even like a factor. It seems like it's a mm-hmm. specific person, you know. Yeah, yeah, right, definitely. Yeah, who to go through and what to do, and so. So I think that's pretty much just about, uh, I guess, last questions. Um, I guess one last thing is just if you guys have any questions for us or if there's anything that we can help you with or...
I've really enjoyed talking to the two of you because I've heard some interesting things I've not thought about yet. So you've already really done a lot for us in that much. And Thank you. I guess if there is, we'll follow up and I'll, we'll email you and ask you questions. But your take on this and like the two of you, like I said, uh, being well-adjusted adults, able to openly and competently talk about this, like seeing where there's a need to further the discussion yeah. on it, uh, that doesn't come from... It doesn't come from disarray and chaos. That comes from obviously a more structured place. So we appreciate uh, the two of you sharing that with us. Well, thank you guys so much for talking to us today. We loved meeting you guys finally and meeting Mackenzie. And we're so excited that the adoption is going to be final soon. And again, anytime you need it, reach out to us by our email. We'll answer any questions or we can always chat again too if you have anything you want to follow up on. everything but it's like I think it's really great that they said we've learned a lot from you just in that you know hour and a half ish that we were talking it's like they're already so they're so receptive to learning new things and realizing that this adopted baby that is benefiting from you like adopting them grows up obviously but it's like they grow up and they have to function in a world and it's not going to be easy unless they address those kinds of tough questions so you know we Obviously, we're just really excited to hear all of their story. But, you know, I think it is really important for us to ask the tough questions sometimes. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that was just a really great uh, conversation. We have a lot more really great interviews and conversations to come. Um, as of, I think it was a couple weeks ago, I did the little the countdown on our Instagram. So our our complete podcast is well past a thousand listens at this point it's kind of skyrocketed a little bit more since then which is super exciting so again as per usual we're just so thankful for our listeners and we appreciate you all so much again continue to flood our inboxes with questions different people who want to get interviewed share their story i mean it's an endless possibility of interviews and podcasts that we can give you guys just to um, looks on the 
world of adoption, honestly. There's so like, many different avenues of it. Well, and I think there is, I don't know, I've had a lot more friends, first of all, sending me articles recently. And I think that's like, for me, the most important. It's not that they're, they're not asking questions because a lot of people don't know what to ask. I think that's kind of what we're here Mm. for is to teach them how to ask the questions. But people are sending a lot more like really great material. I got a great movie recommendation from my friend Lewis. Shout out to Lewis. Um, He's a fellow podcaster living in Florida. And he recommended a movie for me to watch called Instant Family, which um, we definitely, I don't know, I'm really excited to do an an episode about uh, adoption in the media and just kind of addressing these different storylines and stuff because there's, there's a lot we get to talk about in that episode that may last an hour, but at the same time, that's kind of limited at the same time with how much there should be, or at least that I believe that there should be. It should be more than just an hour. Unfortunately, it's just like, an hour, but on this, but there's not enough material. <laughs> I agree with you though. The questions, I, I love how you put that because a lot of people don't know the right questions to ask, but just like you, I've gotten a lot of things from my brother. He's been a huge support on all I of know. this and so it's it's amazing to see all of the different things coming together. And again, we're just so, so excited for everyone on this journey with us because it really hasn't been that long. And we are continually making our way to bigger and better things. So thank you so yeah, much. I know. It's so exciting. And I, before I, uh, I guess, get lost in you know, the joy that we're experiencing. We do want to acknowledge what's happening in our country right now. I neglected to mention that in our intro today, just because we kind of dove right into the interview. But um, of course, the death of George Floyd recently in Minneapolis um, and everything has just been a complete tragedy. And we're, uh, we're, we've been kind of talking about doing something more with our podcast and being able to use our voices for good And because I've mentioned so many times that adoption addresses so many demographics and so many avenues of inequality and, you know, different types of things like that. And I think this might be a good time for us to take that, take our platform and good, you know, use it for good and be able to address things that are specific to this particular situation and talking about racial injustice and everything some more uh, feedback from people if they have any person that might want to speak on that topic we've tossed around the idea of like maybe a mini series just talking about different kinds of issues just again just to use our platform for good our friend uh, Elise who was actually one of our first interviews she has actually been right in the heart of this Um, her apartment had Mm -hmm. two places right next to her that burned down. I mean, we are so close and really involved in this whole situation of what happened to George Floyd. And for everyone who has had any, even just with police, just with people in general, we just want to continue to spread that, that it's not okay. And that we are going to continue to fight for that change. And we stand with all of you. So we just, again, want to, use what we have to spread that positivity and shed light on all the uncomfortable conversations that need to be said. Absolutely. Because that's kind of, that's what we're doing in our own way about adoption is we're taking these uncomfortable conversations that we know about. This is not something that we experience firsthand. So this is definitely something we would love to hear from our listeners about. Um, Definitely want to post some more things on our Facebook. You know, we more so kind of took the, uh, 
you know, the blackout Tuesday and we've just been kind of refraining from posting a little bit. This, this episode will come out quite, quite a bit afterwards, of course, but I did hold off on posting a new episode just kind of in the midst of all this because it's not our, it's not our time. Um, thank you again to Karen and Dustin. This was seriously such a great conversation and, uh, you know, this will be well past, uh, the day, but they, um, are celebrating on Monday, June 1st, or excuse me, celebrating the finalization of the adoption with Mackenzie. So that's super exciting. Um, so congratulations to you guys and thank you again. And we are excited to kind of just continue our project. So again, as per usual, hit us up, follow, like, subscribe. All right. Well, until next time, you guys.